Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marian Rose, PhD, and in this podcast I'd like to talk about why I believe there aren't any negative feelings. Now, I wonder how that sounds to you. Do you have a belief that there are some feelings that are called negative feelings? How does that feel for you? How do you feel when you're feeling feelings that you term negative? And particularly because if you're listening to this, you're probably a parent and probably particularly a mother. But if you're not, you're so welcome to listen. But if you are and wonder how you feel or think when your child is having feelings that you might term negative. Or maybe you don't use the term at all either and you're, you're also really wanting to see what I think about this. Anyway, I'm stumbling over my words a little bit. I'll get right into it. So for me, I think it's really helpful to see what we believe about feelings. And for me, feelings are our friends. Although I do like to differentiate between three different types of feelings because they're caused by different things and our responses to each of those can be really different and are most helpful to be quite different. I still wouldn't call any of them negative. So for me, we have three kinds of feelings. The first kind I call needs feelings. Um, the second type I call feelings feelings. And the third kind I call thoughts feelings. So as a real um, generalization, because there are crossovers in, in, uh, in all of these, needs feelings are caused by unmet needs. So I'm going to talk about children in particular. So if your child needs connection, she's going to have feelings around that. She might feel lonely, she might feel powerless, she might feel frustrated, that those feelings guide us and guide her to her needs. So of course in a needs feelings situation, and for the same for us as well, the most helpful thing we can do there is to meet the need, because the feeling is really a flag for, for the unmet need. Feelings feelings are created by ongoing unmet needs. So if there's feeling perhaps of loneliness that's going on and on and on for days or weeks or months, then that's not only indicating an unmet need, but it becomes a, an ongoing feeling that's there that accumulates and accumulates. We can also have feelings, feelings, and our children in particular, as we're talking about them, from overwhelming events. And that can even be enjoyable events like birthday parties or, um, you know, fun holidays or days out, they can still be overwhelming. Or stressful events or um, events where they feel powerless or frustrated or where there's stress or trauma of some kind. So the most helpful response for us in terms of those types of feelings, the feelings, feelings, is to listen to the feelings, to, to mirror our child or our baby even, or our teen or our adult child, to mirror, to listen, to be present, to really hear them and so that they get to express those feelings and they really get that sense that we are there and we can be with those feelings, we can hear them and they can move through those feelings and sometimes that may take some long while and it may take a period of time if they're healing perhaps from a stressful or traumatic um, incident or set of incidents and that might be even just you know the child another child at school is saying harsh things to them or 
you know, any kind of thing, a teenager, if they're a teenager, maybe there's a teacher at school. I'm not just saying school things. I don't know why I had two school examples. But anyway, if a, maybe there's a teacher that's being harsh to them or maybe a sibling, there's a sibling that keeps um, they keep pushing them or hitting them or something like that happens. So Now, that can take some time for the feelings to be released about that. And it's really natural for children to feel upset, to need to cry, to need to tantrum, to need to express their frustration, their hurt, their disappointment. The more we're able to listen to those feelings, the paradox is the more they can be freed from them, which is a really different perspective, isn't it, from negative, the idea of negative feelings. Because the idea from negative feelings is if we, you know, if we listen to those feelings, then somehow they will get bigger or get kind of worse. But really from a feelings, feelings perspective, the more we're able to actually be present with and listen to the expression of those feelings, the more those feelings can, can move and be released. So for me, for feelings, feelings, there's these two things that need to happen, expression, but also connection. So healing doesn't happen without connection. So a child needs us or some other adult who's able to listen to them and listen to those feelings. So it's the expression and the connection. And it's the same for us as well as adults, that we need some kind of connection. That may be an outer connection with someone that's listening to us, but it may also be an inner connection with a part of ourselves that's listening compassionately. If you know about my work, you'll know about the inner loving crew. So our inner loving mother, our inner loving father, our inner best friend and our inner beloved. These are all aspects, elements of us that can listen to feelings, feelings. So if we're feeling frustrated, our inner loving mother can say, I really hear you, you're so frustrated, I'm really hearing you right now. I so hear you, sweetheart, I really hear you. What I've found time and time again is if I'm trying to bypass the feeling, the feelings, feelings, they kind of hang around and they hang around, they're sitting there in the background because they're waiting for acknowledgement. When I simply send in my inner loving mother and she gives empathy to those feelings, for example, then the paradox is often, quite quickly, depending on the feeling, I can actually move through it. So it's really the opposite of this idea of negative feelings. I wonder how this resonates with you. So for me, the third kinds of feelings, the third type of feelings is or are thoughts, feelings. So thoughts, feelings are generally not feelings that babies feel, although I'll give you a couple of examples where they might do. But they're feelings that children only start to feel when they start to um, experience judgments from the outside. So judgments about what they're doing or who they are. So if it's judgments about what they're doing or not doing, or should there's shoulds or have tos, that can lead to feelings of guilt. If they're judgments about who they are as a person, that will lead generally to feelings of shame. And there are other kinds of thoughts, feelings too, but often those are the two initial ones that we may think about. There are um, some types of depression can be thoughts, feelings, certainly not all, but some kinds which can come from being told repeatedly that we can't do something, can't, can often lead to that sense of um, initially powerlessness and helplessness, but eventually depression. But not all kinds of depression, but some kinds. 
So these thoughts, feelings, so clearly they're, they're something that's acquired from an outside, they're outside thoughts, that we then, to fit in with our culture and our family, we then internalize those thoughts. So we internalize shoulds and have tos and feel guilty. We internalize judgments of ourselves and feel shame and various other things that, that turn into these thoughts, feelings. Now these, I still wouldn't call them negative, but if you're thinking about uh, what people might be talking about of negative feelings, they're probably the closest to them because the definition I give is, or the metaphor actually, is if you saw two children in a park and one child was hitting the other one with a stick, you wouldn't just keep on giving empathy to the child that was being hit with a stick. That's like feelings, feelings. What you would want to do would be to stop the hitting. And we would do that with the loving limit in, in the work I do. We could stop the other child without being harsh to them either, but actually, just, of course, we'd want to stop the hitting. We wouldn't just keep on giving empathy and let the hitting continue. And yet that's what we often do if we don't understand these thoughts, feelings. We keep on hitting ourselves repeatedly and, um, and repetitively over and over again, creating new shame and new guilt and new shame and new guilt. And what I love about this way of understanding things is that we can actually stop doing that to ourselves. And the reason I know that is I've done that for myself. I used to be full of guilt and full of shame and I don't ever feel guilty nowadays. And shame is something that very, very rarely happens. And generally it comes, the thought comes in and I might entertain it for a few seconds or milliseconds and then I set the loving limit or I listen to what's underneath. It really is possible to really shift those thoughts, feelings. At times though, those we may have old shame or old guilt arise and there might be memories that we had when we were a younger child or teen and those are more like feelings, feelings because they're feelings from the past that are coming up to be heard and healed. Do you hear the difference? We're not creating, it's not newly created in the moment. It's a memory that's coming up. And in that case, we would treat it more like a, a feelings feeling. And we could listen compassionately with our inner loving crew or with our outer loving crew, someone who can listen and really be with that feeling without trying to uh, help us sidestep that. I did say that in some cases, babies can feel um, thoughts, feelings, and that's can be particularly in the case, for example, in the womb or during birth, if the mother is feeling um, shame or guilt because a baby lives in the emotional world of particularly uh, his mother, but also you know the the people that are close by, but particularly whilst in the womb, his or her mother, that shame can be transmitted in that way. But it's quite a different sense, and it's. Um, you know, it really comes in through the body and through that energetic way. So it certainly is possible for that to happen. But in general, um, yeah, shame and guilt does, and those thoughts, feelings do come later on. So that's why I don't use the word negative feelings. Well, I actually avoid judgments altogether, all things, because I really like to observe rather than judge, because I find it leads to much greater intimacy with a thing or a person. 
but I find it really helpful, particularly in terms of feelings, because without the judgments, then there's curiosity, and then I can be curious. Is this, oh, I'm feeling something now, what is this? Oh, is this a need? Am I actually needing something in the here and now? In which case, what can I do to meet that need? Or is it a feelings feeling, in which case, can I listen in with my in-loving crew, or phone a friend to, to talk and to share? Or is it a thoughts feeling, in which case am I willing to change the way I'm thinking about myself? And that can be through setting a loving limit with a harsh thought, or it can be through uh, really seeing what's going on for the part that is doing the harsh thinking, because usually there's something else going on underneath. And for me, curiosity leads to movement and shifting and growth and healing. If you want to learn more about my work, I do have an article actually on the three types of feelings and a video on my YouTube channel. You can find out more about my work at marianrose.net or you can listen to more of my podcasts here and I hope you found that useful. Lots of love and I'll see you next time. Bye.